Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day, and I'm really thankful for you being here. So, this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time, I spoke with James Graham, founder of Community, a local and sustainable grocery app. Having faced a number of business pivot moves, he now runs a number of successful businesses. He is inspired by having an idea, networking and taking action. His level of commitment is outstanding, as well as having a good sense of fun. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today has found purpose in sharing his story, having started his wellbeing business in 2020 during the first lockdown. Today, he seeks to help and inspire others to overcome the shame and fear of admitting attempted suicide and supports in the education and corporate sectors. I'd like to welcome Alex Blake to my podcast. Hi, Alex. How are you? Very good, Lou. Very good. How are you? I'm doing really great. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Glad to be here. So let's start at the beginning of your story. When you first had awareness about your well-being, tell me a bit about that. So I kind of had a few issues probably from the age of well 10 I think even moving from primary to secondary school it was obviously a big change and I've always been comfortable when others have been talking <laughs> so kind of the social awkwardness or being a shy boy I always use sport or music as like a, an escape um, but that obviously developed into maybe OCD which was quite quite severe early on with like patterns in my head and things having to be a certain way um and then going through kind of secondary school and the pressure of exams and puberty all this stuff getting towards the college days and having to make life decisions it got more severe and it wasn't just a case of patterns anymore or um social awkwardness obviously starting again all these decisions to make I was just really lost as a, a teenager and into an early adult not really knowing what I wanted to do and the thought of what I do in my life never left and got more severe and got to the point of, well, what's the point in life? And I'm, I'm an overthinker. I've had issues with depression, family history of it. Um, and to start with, I just thought I thought too much. I just thought I was an overthinker before I even knew what anxiety was. And my first tattoo I got on my wrist says trigger. And it was like a trigger to snap out of my mind. I didn't know what anxiety was or nothing, nothing about it. It was only like later on in life when I guess mental health started being talked about more. Um, but it was only when I got into those kind of despair, despairing moments really and get into my lows that actually it got better. So how did you, how were you first um, made aware that there was something, um, you know, quite different for you? Was it, was it some teachers or was it just your own mind and family? Um, so I basically was in the IT industry for about four years at two different companies. Um, and it was a very stressful environment. The the calls are kind of very, well, a lot of calls at once queuing and a lot of things you've got to fix, problems to, to, to solve. Um, and I kind of started again and went to university to follow a different path. Going to a new city and um, as a mature student, I didn't make those initial friendships. So I basically was on my own for long periods of the day. And that's where my kind of thoughts, where I've got an overactive mind, I want to be doing sport or being around people and energetic. I had nothing. So that's when it got really severe. And is when I saw the, the doctor at my local, 
yeah, the local doctor to my university that they've initially diagnosed me with anxiety, with depression, which developed onto bipolar years down the line. Um, sorry, not, like a year or two down the line, six months after my lowest point, basically. Wow. So it's really during those university years and kind of out of your your comfort zone, seeking help and actually being supported in a really good way. And I know today you you help a number of universities and speak about your story. Um, Mm. So it seems like there's a lot of resonance for you in that in that sector right now. Oh, definitely. I think. I was meant to do a talk with the university that I left and I had to withdraw from, from depression. Um, and I think what I've tried to do is when I was in that kind of mindset in school, college, university, I always wanted someone to be like a, a figure that I could look to and tell me it was all going to be all right. Um, for, for a long time, mental health wasn't really talked about as openly as I guess I share my story. So I've just kind of tried to evolve or be, be become the best person I can be. I know it sounds cliche, but to uh, be that kind of hope for people that may be going through things with with school deadlines, like pressure of exams and all these decisions that never really go away, even when you get into your work in life, you're still constantly, like say for example, you're, you're a, a mum of two kids or you've got these constant things you've got to meet day in, day out. It becomes a grind and a struggle. And sometimes you just need that arm around the shoulder. Someone say, hey, you're doing good. Just keep keep going and be like, positive about your life and don't dread the day basically yes so you um you came out of university and you worked in tech uh you've been you've been working in tech for a number of years now yeah so tell me a bit about a bit more about your technology journey because it Mm -hmm. feels like you have potentially been able to utilize your tech knowledge with your passion which is supporting others through the, um, you know, suicide prevention route. So tell me about your tech experience. So that te- the technology kind of came about out of college. I, I deferred university. I was, always had like a sporty background. But I didn't want to kind of commit another three years. Or I didn't thought it was going to be maybe wasted time. I didn't know what I was going to do after it. So I kind of fell into technology. I had like, I did like an IT apprenticeship back in, I think, 2011, towards the back end of that. It was, a, it was like an advanced one. So I learned about kind of just, windows operating systems and building computers which i have no background i'm not a gamer or anything like that so uh it was a big struggle to me and i was very out of my comfort zone again but it led me to two companies um in hampshire one was uh on like a cloud solutions focused company so hosted exchange web hosting sharepoint um that kind of so, so it's more online like hosting like the servers and what troubleshooting for that um i did that for two years but i didn't see myself going down like a consultant route of that company so then i went to a, like a managed service provider so that was everything from troubleshooting hardware to software um small companies individual users it's basically if you had a problem we were the ones to fix it basically no matter what it was yeah. so i had to learn a lot quickly because as i say, I've, i wouldn't say um computers were a passion of mine it was just more to pay the bills um <laughs> But we, we you, all have you, to mentioned, do these you mentioned finding the link between like kind of technology and my well-being stuff. Yeah. So I've, I've basically, I want to kind of bridge the gap between online and offline. So I've only built my business because of technology, because of social media and online marketing and stuff. But I only share snippets about my journey online in the hope that it helps people to reach out offline. Yeah. I think 
technology is great and it's it's allowed people to do so many things you can connect to people all over the world things like podcasts are instant you don't even have to leave your living room all that stuff is great yeah but we're so addicted to our phones or devices and technology that we kind of forget the basics of talking verbally like some, some people would rather send a text than phone someone or it's, it's just so on it's so instant online that it becomes so easy in the go-to that we've forgotten how to communicate and that's how you really you get your negative thoughts out of your brain <laughs> it's yeah. just articulating do, it do you think that there's some element of people behinding behind you know text messages and online activity that hides their well-being because it's not imparting the feeling and the emotion and and the real possible problem that's going on do you, do you kind of see 100%, that? 100%. I think it's, well. almost, it's almost like robotic, isn't it? Because you've got like the, even the autobots on the live chats that I don't even know if there's a person behind it some of the time. Um, but yeah, so when, you, when you're texting someone, that is the, such the go-to now because it's so quick and it's quicker than calling because you don't have to wait for the ringtone. But it's so easy to lie on a text if you're maybe not feeling 100%. But if people yeah. were... If if the go to was in if you're in in person just talking in a room with someone, <clears throat> they can gauge your body language, they can gauge your tone of voice, and if you're looking down at the ground or you're feeling sad, that's how you're going to detect potential mental illnesses or going down that route. But you, you yeah. don't do that behind the phone. It's, it's, you you are hiding behind your phone as a hiding your emotions. Yes, I've now got some ideas about how to maybe produce a, a system or a, uh, something that might then give you a, another level of emotion uh, in communication, um, you know, if you're not able to be in person. But uh, that's, that's for another podcast down the line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does really feel like, uh, yeah, well-being and kind of mental wellness is completely blocked out with that level of communication and and what you're doing in person and speaking at universities and corporate feels like you know you're really getting your message out there and sharing and and you know people are seeing your seeing and listening to you and able to empathize with your story and relate to it in a, in yeah. a really positive way as well. So um, I also know that you've just been a, awarded um, a Lifestyle Coach Award. So tell me about that. Oh, yes. It's the first ever business award I've won. And it's, it's the first one I've won in about over 10 years. So it's, I forgot, I forgot what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, all I ever really uh, won was just maybe the odd football award for one thing as a kid. But yeah, to, it, it took me a long time to actually have the courage to like launch a well-being business um when i knew what one i'd never public spoken before and it was going to be about keynote speaking and two i knew i was going to be sharing parts of my journey that are still very raw even years on yeah. uh almost the fact that to the back end of last year I, I did get sectioned um under the mental health act um because i was gonna be doing or presenting to one of my biggest clients all on suicide prevention and yeah. just plan but just by prepping and planning the talk and reliving my past to try and make sure I wasn't gonna cry, it set off a mannequin psychotic episode. Um more severe than the previous one in twenty sixteen when I initially had the idea of a mental health charity. Yeah. So it's kind of been a long journey and developed from a charity where I couldn't raise the funds to a sole trader to now a limited company and now full circle 
from the back end last year, my family and that crying when I got taken away in an ambulance to two months later, I've been yeah, awarded a, a Lifestyle Coach of the Year award for the South of England. Uh, I'm, I'm over the moon. I was only yesterday I collected the award. So yeah, I'm very, oh. very happy right now. Congratulations. I've got, you know, kind of goosebumps listening to you talking and kind of experiencing that, you know, the kind of sadness and the fear, um, as well as the joy of receiving your award. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Alex Blake, lifestyle coach and public speaker. So tell me a bit more about the experience of receiving this business award, Alex, because it, it is like you say, and it's one of the first awards you've received. And, mm. you know, you're now running your limited company. You've gone through a whole heap of stuff in your life and you've come to a, a point of celebration. Um, it's, 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 it's incredible because I think a lot of people doubted me, uh, even myself. I, I was my own biggest doubter for many years and I put it on hold for about three years when I wasn't successful with the charity. Just think I wasn't cut out for it. But all these kind of exam failures in the finance world, I didn't really, my heart wasn't properly in it. I thought I'd reignite it during the COVID pandemic in 2020 because I thought this is needed now. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just get your message out. But yeah, winning the award, it, it was a great feeling and it just gives me co- a confidence boost that I can now say my company's award winning. <laughs> so that's always going to be um, look good on the CV or on the website if I'm promoting myself. And it gives me that kind of credibility that it's not just my words. Like there's a panel of judges that have selected me as the best in that field. Um, and yeah, it just it's going to give me a lot more confidence um, presenting because even now I still struggle with, I know that the talks I've got coming up, I'm always trying to change, chop and change what I've already got. I know, do I stick with what I've already done? Do I make it a whole new talk? Can I feel the silences? What do I say here? What do I say there? And I'm, I'm, I'm constant. But I think just having the faith that I've, the knowledge is upstairs uh, and allowing the odd silence isn't a bad thing either. You can, it allows people to reflect and really take in what you've said. So kind of using all that knowledge and expertise, I guess, to my advantage. So let's talk a bit more about technology and um, just connecting in person in a more kind of analog way. Um, even though, you know, the, this podcast is about technology, mm-hmm. some days and some hours, it's very worthwhile stepping away from everything. So let's 100%. talk a bit more about that. Yeah. So I think with, with regards to kind of well-being and Obviously, technology is it's, all, it's in your face, whether, whether it's advertising, whether it's TVs, phones, which they're glued to us almost 24-7, it feels. I, I for example, I use mine even to sleep. I put like an, an instrument of music on. It's my alarm in the morning. Then I've got WhatsApp messages, emails. It's, it's, it's never ending. And and it does. you just need to take it back to basics at times and just literally, for example, if you charge your phone every night, what do you do to recharge your own batteries, your own kind of brain batteries? You need to be able to like plan it into your day to actually have time in nature or just reset. And whenever there's so many deadlines, I saw this uh, quote the other day and it was saying that if you had, if you should meditate for 20 minutes a day, unless you're busy, then you should meditate for an hour. So it's like yeah. it, the more busy you are, the more you should make time to step away from it because you're just going to go into brain overload and, Go, go down the route of stress and if it's not managed like myself extreme burnout and exhaustion and uh yeah. from experience that's not a route you want to go down because it's, it's hell on earth yes um are you happy to share some of your story just so that my listeners can kind of relate and uh kind of you know seek to engage with you offline um if they if yeah. they'd like to 
Yeah, sure. So I'll try and give you the cut down version. <laughs> um, but I think where it got most severe for me was when I was at university. So as I said, I'd, I'd been in the IT industry at two different companies for four years, very miserable and unhappy. So I thought long and hard about being my own coach to kind of get me through those days and cutting down the days to leaving almost. And I thought, what am I going to do that's going to really like make me feel fulfilled? <laughs> Um, so I decided to go down the, the sport route because I love sport and become a, a PE teacher. So I got into University of Brighton. Uh, I was down on the Eastbourne campus, which is, if you know, but the average age is probably like 70. The people go there to retire. There was nothing there. Yeah. But it quickly it quickly changed where obviously my brain came with me. It quickly changed from my passion and dream to, oh, my God, I can't teach a class. I can't even look after myself and I was getting so scared of standing in front of a class and telling people what to do. And I was, I became very scared of just starting my day and seeing people face to face. Uh, I was so petrified of going back to my IT career because I was so stressed in it. And this is my dream. If I can't even do my dream, what can I do? Nothing. So it went down the route of suicide and I started shutting out people. I was leaving. I, was, I, I uninstalled WhatsApp so it wouldn't let, show that I'd left groups just so I could yeah. kind of forget about my friends and family. Yeah. I wasn't making regular contact with my friends and family. Anyway, so I could, I could put on a front on the phone for 20, for 10 minutes here and there. Uh, and yeah, I planned my suicide to a T. I was, without, well, I don't know how graphic I should get really, but I was, I won't go into too much detail, but I, I, I went as far as writing a suicide note, thinking who would find yeah. my body, where's best to do it, how best to do it. Yeah. Uh, and I went to, Beachy Head, which is by Eastbourne, on three occasions, but they had patrol cars there, so that scared me off. Um, and I was kind of thinking of other ways. And in the end, I had—I think my dad or someone must have realised I was in a bad way, and eventually I had to kind of leave um, university temporarily to kind of get help. Uh, but then I—I I, I, in my mind, I was like, I can't go back to uni, so I fell into this finance job with working with two best friends. But it's literally. Uh, 12 or 13 days after starting a new career in finance that I drove to Ikea in Southampton, which is a high building to jump off. Yeah. Um, and it was closed. <laughs> so all these kind of different things like the patrol cars, it being closed and that time delay from going from Ikea to Northern Itchen uh, bridge, which was my next plan B yeah. was the, was the amount of time it took for my mum to call me time and time again. And I hung up, hung up, hung up eventually answered as I, was, as I was on the bridge and that night I went to the GP after promising I, I couldn't do it um oh, so yeah m- multiple attempts and that was my road to recovery really and that was 2016 March so yeah oh, six well, years I'm, ago coming up I'm so pleased all of those coincidences happened and you're still here today because you know, uh, you're you're doing so many wonderful things for so many people and you know my heart fills with gratitude the fact that you're here <laughs> talking with me uh, um, you know, you've had such an amazing journey. So thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank, thank <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thank everyone, all these little coincidences. <laughs> that are, they're all reasons I'm still here. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm very grateful. And I kind of, yeah. I look at the, the look at the world in a, in a different light, I guess. And yeah, yeah try and try and always to see the positive. <laughs> you're here to serve, serve your purpose. And, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yes. So um, tell me about your um, suicide prevention company. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So as I said, it's, it's kind of developed from initially I tried to become a mental health charity. So I had to raise, I think, £5,000, I think it was, back in 2016, uh, 2017 even, sorry. Um, but after I, I did a successful fundraiser at a nightclub because music was like an outlet for me. Um, and I went on like local TV and tried to like, I think everyone kind of eventually got bored. Like, here he goes again. He's going on about mental health, mental health, mental health. So after that year, I, I couldn't raise enough funds. So I, yeah. I donated it to Mind Mental Health Charity and just, just kind of f- tried to forget about it. I mean, I had a tattoo of it on my arm, <laughs> like PMA, obviously, on my arm. Um, I had all these kind of constant reminders on social media that there was something in it. Um, yeah. And that, for example, the initial video I did was viewed nearly 170,000 times. Wow. So I knew there was something in it, but I, I put it to the back burner for three years. And I say it's basically COVID and me failing six exams in a row kind of coming at the same time and i'm thinking that i i love talking about my issues because it's therapy for me and at the same yeah. time if i can i'm not a doctor or a counselor if i can share my story and build like a community feel around mental health and just try and break the stigma down and like reduce those barriers between like workplace and personal struggles <laughs> if you can kind of feel that you can o- approach your manager in confidence that you can share something that look i'm not performing right now because i'm struggling and then have that conversation knowing that okay well maybe they can take a bit of workload off of you or delegate it or give you a mental health day or whatever it is i knew there was something i could do so yeah i just i launched it in 2020 and it's kind of developed from managing stress i started just talking about managing stress and developed onto kind of approaching people having this what what to say what not to say for people that are suicidal uh and so with my finance experience i can i can touch on like financial well-being but all these different areas that it's all for one reason it's just to reduce suicides so yeah. whether that's uk or eventually want to reach like a global audience whether it's online offline wherever it is i, I just want to help and you know, i think from sharing my story and knowing that there is hope for those that are in that dark place, you might be in it for a few years like I was, but yeah. for whatever reason, fate fate had it that Ikea was shut or whatever it is, I can now talk with a smile on my face and it's true happiness. So yeah. it's just to encourage others that there's light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how long the tunnel is. Absolutely. And I think your position of, you know, not being uh, a guru or a doctor or a counsellor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your position of being, you know, a regular guy that has yeah. just a, a, a mission and a purpose feels much more relatable in in every sector of life that you've mm. been there, you've experienced those things. And now you're using your knowledge um you know, to, to progress your business and, yeah. you know, to get public speaking gigs and yeah. just be out there sharing all of your, your story. Yeah. Because in the, in the corporate world, you know, I've worked in corporate for, you know, 10, 15, nearly probably 20 years. And, um, you know, I guess back in the in the early days, it was really difficult. You kept yourself to yourself. You didn't talk about your personal circumstances. Yeah. And it sounds like now that it's a much more um, kind of welcome thing. You know, the mental health days, being able to relieve some of your workload when things aren't going right, to then be able to, you know, kind of get back on it when you're ready. And, mm. you know, it's really heartwarming to hear that organisations are supporting individuals in business rather than just 
you know, casting them aside or, you know, uh, whatever whatever situation for them not to work in that organisation and, and to kind of have to move on and choose a different career. So, um, you know, good people are always going to be good people in business. Yeah. I mean, it's like you say, it's, it's, it's a lot more accepted now to think, talk about it. And there's a lot of kind of schemes or like employee assistance programmes. There's all these kind of days where there's, the sessions on mental health going like whether it's virtually or in person and it's i think a lot of people are more aware now that it's it's more talked about and it's okay to feel like crap now and then and it's, it's you're just yeah. you're human you're not a robot so if, even though they've got robots that they're building in china or whatever they're doing nowadays like human human beings are going to have down days you know it's hard it's hard it's life's hard and yeah. for example if you work in an office or whatever you do you get you so used to your day-to-day you're almost on autopilot and you just you get yeah. this there's not, not much excitement in a lot of people's lives and it's, it's quite sad because people get stuck in these ruts and they find it so hard to escape and it's about trying to find beauty in the mundane i guess and it's about yeah. appreciating life for what it is and not always looking for the next best thing because then you're you're always chasing more and you're never going to be happy with what is life right now yeah absolutely um so I know you were at the Diary of a CEO show, not on the same I was. as I was. Um, and I just wanted to talk about that because, um, you know, Stephen Bartlett spoke about being good enough and being good enough right now mm-hmm. rather than aspiring to achieve more or do more. But actually now where we are right now is success and enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such an impactful uh, show for me. I spent mm. much of the evening in tears, um, <laughs> but also with, you know, a really strong heartfelt smile. Um, what yeah. was your experience? Do you think that, you know, his performance and the show is really going to support your your kind of cause as well and your story? Yeah, uh, well, I, I did, really didn't know what to expect from the show because I followed him on social media for a while. Obviously, he's like the perfect person, which is on the Dragon's Den now. He sold his business or whatever for 300 million, number one book, podcast. I really didn't know what to expect from it. Um, but I think there was a lot of impactful things that he mentioned. I think a lot of things he might have maybe covered on social media as well. Um, but it's, it's a difficult one. When you mentioned about you are enough right now and right now you are successful, Obviously, it's good to have goals because you need to have a purpose in life and to constantly, I guess, have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. But if you're always constantly looking for that next best thing, then it's never going to be enough. So I don't know where, you, where you're meant to sit on that. So you either say, well, put your feet up. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm good. But do nothing else. Or it's, I think it's like having reasonable goals that are achievable in the time scale, but having a long-term mindset of this is good for the next year, but... There's there's enough time that I can just be content with what I've got and not constantly hundred mile an hour all day in day out. It's about having a balance, really, isn't it? I guess balance yeah. is, the, is the word I'm looking for. Absolutely, and and as far as my mental health, you know, I've slowed down, slowed things down, and you know, I'm working at much more kind of considered pace. Yeah, I still do a lot, and I've got two kids to look after, but it's not overloaded. And actually, the the thinking that I am successful right now. Mm. is actually really a comfortable place to be because Mm. I can now dream and think about all those creative things in the future because I'm not basing what I'm going to achieve in the future as to be success because I'm already successful. So I think it it gives one a lot more freedom in in the whole kind of mindset of things. And um, I know his audience, you know, potentially the same audience as you, you know, the universities and the corporates. Yeah. 
and you know for you to have that impact and to share your story um mm. you know along with you know all of the positive uh mindset things so yeah. the name of your company pma obviously <laughs> obviously um, so that's positive positive mental attitude if i got it obviously. right <laughs> obviously <Yeah. laughs> um so what's what's coming up for you next because uh, i you're still talking with the universities but you've yep. got some other things coming up yeah so it's actually literally about two hours ago i checked out a venue in my local area um and although obviously i'm, I'm presenting to corporates and universities mainly on wherever they want me to present on i guess i'm trying to do i have like a new approach but promote myself to the public um so it's basically my take on tackling the mental health crisis i guess um so i've, I've checked out a venue it's like a mini theater i guess so i'm trying to figure out what i can do in terms of i'm not an actor or anything but like music and stuff like that um props potentially to hopefully explain a bit better what i'm doing but that i want to kind of cover various things um on like financial well-being mental health suicide prevention technology and what the future outlook looks like with like all my experience over the last 10 years or so yeah um so that's what i'm kind of working on and i don't know when the first date's going to be yet but um it's going to be called remaining sane in an insane world so that's kind of that's the title so you've got a sneak peek there <laughs> but um that, that's the title um and they're going to be called a pma day obviously so a pma day <laughs> oh, so a bit of well-being so i'm, I'm working on it it's just, obviously I'm, I'm going to include bits about me being in obviously well sectioned in, in the mental health hospital my multiple attempts and talking people through it and just trying to show people that a difficult conversation is one worth having. And if I can be the first person to show vulnerability in a room and maybe fill yeah. the room and the environment when I'm talking, that it might be quite like you could hear a pin drop at times. It might be quite silent and emotional, but also uplifting yeah. at the same time and taking people on a journey of in my life, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm working on. It's a work in progress, but uh, I'm excited to get get it get it started, and hopefully it doesn't flop too much. <laughs> uh, it, it will be fabulous, and it will be a success. Alex, you've been absolutely incredible. I've loved hearing your story, and the success and the gratitude um, of of your story, and all of the things that you're working on. Um, I wish you so much success, and I'm sure we'll we'll chat more about uh, Stephen's show at some point. But um, thank you so much for now, and I'd love to hear more about your public speaking gigs that are coming up. And uh, yeah, we'll watch out, world. <laughs> Alex oh. is coming. <laughs> well, 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 thank you for having me on, Lou. I appreciate it, and yeah, be good to talk to you. Fabulous, thanks. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>